Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. It's episode 258. God, 258 episodes. Isn't that cray cray? I kind of sometimes think it's completely crazy. But here we are at episode 258. And the ironic thing is today is the fourth. And so I have an anniversary in 10 days. 10 days I'll be celebrating um, for 15 years of continuous sobriety. Crazy, crazy. And the one thing that I've been thinking about the most recently and that I want to talk about today, which I'm one day late, sorry for my listeners that have to wait till Wednesday instead of Tuesday to get this, but here I am. You know, I've been thinking about what did my topic want to be today? And it's kind of, I want to talk about owning who we are as human beings. Who are we? And owning who we are and not being ashamed of who we are. You know, it's really funny. I have told people since the minute I got sober that I got sober. And in the beginning, I was like, I really wanted people to, to like throw me a parade. I wanted a tiara. I wanted a red carpet. I wanted all these things because the reality was I was sober and I wasn't drinking anymore and I wasn't causing problems in people's lives. And most importantly, I wasn't causing problems in my own life. Okay. Let's be honest. It was me. I was like, I wasn't waking up anymore going, Oh my God, what did I do last night? I don't remember anything. Or, Oh my God, make, running outside and checking my cars, everything where it is supposed to be. Did I say anything to offend anybody? I was so happy that I didn't have those thoughts anymore. And I rejoice. So anybody who was out there, I would say, oh my gosh, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober. I even used to write a blog where I lived and I used to um, host this thing called Let's Talk about addiction in my town. And not very many people came, but I'd still always tell everybody like, this is me, I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, I still do that today. And again, as I just mentioned, I'll have 15 years, God willing, in 10 days. And I think about it to myself and I'm like, okay, recently I've been thinking, why do I tell people? Why do I tell people that I'm sober? Why do I do that? Why do I find it necessary? And the one reason that I keep coming up with in my head is that for one, people don't ever ask me, do you want to drink? Because I've already told them I don't drink anymore. I haven't had a drink. And they might talk about people and they'll be like, oh, they're an alcoholic. And I'll be like, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic, by the way. So you're talking about an alcoholic. You're talking about me. I just am in recovery. I just haven't had a drink recently, but I'm still an alcoholic. And I own it. And I feel like me owning it is like someone with diabetes. They acknowledge to the people, I'm diabetic. I just want you to know I'm diabetic. I can't have that cake or I can't have that soda or I can't have this certain food because I'm diabetic. Or I have a peanut allergy. I want to own my peanut allergy. I own my allergy to alcoholism. I own the fact that I drink one drink and I get drunk. And you're going to say, wait a minute, you get, have one drink and you get drunk? That's what I thought about for a really long time. I have one drink, I get drunk. But that's not what it is. The one drink is, is the one sip. It's the phenomenon of craving that I have. So I have one drink and I can't stop at one because I'm an alcoholic and that's just what I do. And I don't need to explain myself to someone after that. I just say I have an allergy to alcohol. I've quit drinking and it kind of every time will bring up the person saying to me, oh, my cousin's an alcoholic. Oh, my other cousin's an alcoholic. Oh, my sister-in-law is an alcoholic. Oh, my husband's an alcoholic. I have a child that's got a drug addiction. When in doubt, it opens up that line of communication where people can then feel more comfortable talking about the person that they know in their life that has battled the disease of alcoholism. It removes the stigma. 
it takes it away. It makes it like, oh, wait, she's talking about this. I even was playing Mahjong last week. I do play Mahjong now. And I was playing Mahjong and somebody said, oh, somebody has a problem. Oh, busy. Let you, you need to put them in touch with busy. And I love that I can help somebody else. I mean, that's the whole reason we have busy living sober, right? So I can help somebody else. And somebody gets to that place where they're like, you know what, this is me. And we have feelings, right? As human beings, we have feelings. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings change. And I understand the anonymity piece of Alcoholics Anonymous. I totally get it because there's people that would, it's like, if I were to say, oh my gosh, I'm sober 15 years. And then I come back and I tell you, guess what? I'm not sober anymore 15 years. I drank. Can you imagine if I said that? God willing, that will not happen to me. But if it did, does that mean the whole thing doesn't work? Well, I can't say that. I can say this. I can say that I make it Im imperative in my life every day. I own it every day. I talk to, I, it's a part of my life every day. I think that if I were, if I had been diagnosed with diabetes, which I still could be late stage, but I would want to like be a proponent to help people that had diabetes, I would imagine. But my disease is alcoholism and it's not alcoholism, it's alcoholism. I have it every day. So I have to focus on it every day still. It's like an important part of my life every day. And, you know, my husband, who's got 20, will have 23 years, God willing, he, it's imperative for his life too. So we, it's, we integrated in my life. It's like part of a weave that makes a beautiful cake of a life. It's like, if I don't acknowledge this part of my life, I'm not going to have the rest of the good stuff. Right. Because if I start drinking again, I'm going to have this life that's going to be out of control. And for some reason or another, God has placed in my life, two women recently, one had the same amount of time I had 14 years. And three years ago, she picked up a drink and she can't get back. And then another woman who had 26 years picked up a drink and she can't get back. So I see that and I'm like, oh my God, before I wanted to run away from people like that, because it was scary to me. Cause I was like, oh my God, I don't want to catch it like leprosy. But now today I just, it just is, a, it's a reminder to me that I have to do this every day. I just have to do it every day. Cause whenever I hear people that say that they've gone out and they picked up a drink again, it's when in doubt, it's somebody who has not put their sobriety in the weave of their life anymore. They've taken out that component and they're like, I got this. I don't need to talk about it anymore. I'm totally got this. I don't have to do the stuff I used to have to do. And the reality is, is I still have to do those things. I still have to talk to people. I still have to participate in me. I like to go to 12 step meetings. It's part of my thing. So I go every day or not every day, but I go every day pretty much during the week when I can, I make it a priority. It's like going to the gym. You've got to make that a priority. You've got to eat healthy. That's a priority. We all have priorities in our life and me owning who I am. Number one is I'm Elizabeth. I'm a human. I have alcoholism. That's number one. Because if I don't deal with that part of me, me, me inside of this body right here that I have, that's not finite. It's not going to be here forever. It's just here for whatever time that God wants me to be here. The part of me that I've got to acknowledge the most is the alcoholic, because if I don't, then none of the rest of the stuff is going to work out. My marriage isn't going to work out. My kids aren't going to be like, it's just all the stuff that's really important to me, I think would be like fall apart. It would become a big mess because every time I drank, I got drunk Every time I got drunk, I hated myself. It wasn't what anybody else thought. You know, people could have said, oh my gosh, she drinks too much or she does this. And they might've walked away and not been part of my life anymore. But nobody, it was me that I had to do this for. I had to do this for me. 
And again, my family, the relationships change, you know, the longer you stay sober and the more that people are used to you the way that you are. I will never not show up for my kids unless something's really, you know, obviously if I'm maimed and I can't get there, but consciously I will be there no matter what for my kids. If they need me, mom, I need you. Okay. I'm there. Um, my husband needs me. I'm there. You know, my friends need me. I'm there. I, um, I'm a firm believer in being who I am and owning who I am and not being ashamed. You know, I first came up, I haven't talked about this in a long time, but when I first started, when I first start, when I was first, you know, admitting that I was sober, one of the biggest things for me was shame. I had so much shame. I was like, oh my God, the last thing I want to be is an alcoholic, like an alcoholic. That's like a loser. That's like a person that's on the side of the road. An alcoholic is not somebody that I want to identify myself as. It's the way this is our society would promote an alcoholic. It was not somebody that was like idyllic that you were like aspired to be. And I want to be an alcoholic. It was like, that was the last thing I wanted to be my entire life. It had, it was like a scarlet letter. It's like, shit, that is, I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I'll be anything else but that. I'd even be a drunk, maybe. I was even, I think that for a very long time, if I'm going to be completely honest, I liked being a drunk, known as a drunk, more than known as an alcoholic. Is that screwed up? But that's how I thought. I was like, I am a drunk. Okay, I know it. I go out, I get drunk. Me, you're going to invite me to your party. I'm going to be the last person to leave. I will have a great dress on, of great shoes on, but I will be the last person to leave your party and I will definitely be wasted. And I think back to that and I knew that I always, because every time anybody went out, wanted to go out, I'd be like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get home? That would be my number one thought because it wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm not going to get drunk. Like it was the way I was. I was a party girl. I got on stage with bands. I cannot sing as you can hear from my voice. Oh, I cannot sing, but I'd get on the stage anyway, because I was drunk and I'd be like, let me get up there. Oh, let me go. And, um, the reality was, is that I was so ashamed to be an alcoholic. I was so ashamed to say that I have to go into this room and I'm going to have to do this thing and I'm going to have to do it. And I knew people in my family that were sober and I made fun of them, which I regret now, but I did. I made fun of them. I made fun of my ex-husband. I made fun of my siblings that were sober. I was like, you guys are losers. I can't believe you go to AA. You're such losers. And the reality was, is that I had the same problem that they did. If not worse, I was probably worse. And I didn't do anything for myself. No, I shamed them. I was like, oh my God, you guys are such losers. You do that stuff. You go and you talk about that big book. Oh my God, you're in a cult. I mean, I was that person. That was me. I went around talking about people like that. That was me. I know what it's like to sit there and talk about somebody who's out. So for me to think, say, oh my God, I'm an alcoholic and then go through that shame. Holy tololy shit. Oh my God. It was frightening. It was so scary for me to say, I'm an alcoholic and I had known it. I'd known it, but the fear of knowing it and saying it out loud was so big. It's my ego, right? It's my ego. What are people going to think about me? But I didn't think anything of them knowing that I was drunk at a party, having 30 million dirty martinis and everything else in the world, smoking cigarettes, doing all this crazy stuff. I didn't care about that, but I cared that I was going to tell you that I was an alcoholic. Now, is that insane? I look, think back, I'm like, I, my thinking was totally messed up. My thinking was totally messed up. So for some reason I had the, I don't know. I just knew I wanted to be sober. 
more than I wanted to drink anymore. I wanted to be sober and I didn't want to drink anymore. And it's so crazy because I wanted to be, I call, I talked to my brother-in-law, my ex-brother-in-law. And I asked this woman, I said, will you smile to me? And she said, yes. And I had to do what she said. And I did it. And I was like, I want to live. I want to have a life. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live where all I think about is alcohol. I don't want to live that my only idea of fun is getting wasted because that's what I did. I mean, that was what I did because I never knew what it was like to just have one drink because I can't drink like a normal person. I've never been able to. I've never been able to. I think like maybe a couple of times I was like, oh, I only had two glasses because I'd already been hung over or something. But most of the time I got drunk and it wasn't like, and I never wanted to quit. It wasn't like an option. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go quit drinking and I'm going to get through. I was like, no, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be the party girl. I wanted to be able to go to all these things. And I have to tell you, being 52 years old right now and thinking if I still went on like that, oh my, I don't even want to, I don't even want to think about it. But I had to conquer that shame for myself. I had to own who I am myself. I didn't have to be ashamed of who I am. And it's interesting because so many people are coming out today and talking about how they really feel about things. And, you know, some opinions I agree with, some opinions I don't. And that's okay. I've got my opinions. Some people come out on the world stage and tell them, you know, whatever. But for me, I come out on the world stage. I tell you that I'm an alcoholic. I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of shame. I don't even. I can't even believe how big my shame was when I think back to it. It was so big that I had to like go, I had to like, I had to like take this running start and not give a rat's ass what anybody thought. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to run through the shame. Like, you know, if you're like, I have to run through something that's really painful. I'm just going to run through it. It's like taking off a bandaid, just pull it off as fast as you can. It was like, I've just got to go through this and I just have to own it. And I just have to wear it like a freaking badge of honor. And I just got to throw it on. And I'm just going to run like these crazy, amazing athletes at the Olympics, these runners. I watch them and they're like, unbelievable. That's how I feel like I ran through the shame. I'm like, I am going to patent sober, not ashamed. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to own my sobriety. I'm going to let everybody know that busy Elizabeth Chance is an alcoholic and I am living in sobriety every day. And if you too have this disease, know that you can call me and we can talk about it. And I had to own it. I had to run through it and throw it on like this badge of honor, because if not, it was so big. It was so big. It was like the shame was so big. It's like the stigma was so big. It's like, I'm going to be ostracized. People are going to talk about, people did talk about me. People do talk about me. People have sent me hate mail. People have done tons of things to me. People have made fun of me. People have done tons of stuff and you know, it's okay. You know, because once I could own my sobriety and when people would make fun of me and say things to me and belittle me or whatever they did send me, hey, you know, all that stuff that people have done, it's okay. It's okay. They can think those things about me, but I'm still going to keep going. They're not going to beat me. They're not going to push me into submission. This is me. I might not scream on social media because I don't like what social media has done in the political realm in this country. I don't like how it's hushing people and not hushing others. I think that has put me in a place that's not comfortable. I don't want to be on a space just because everybody can get it for free 
and be able to go on there and say, all right, here I am. And you're going to be, I'm okay to be out there, but other people that believe differently aren't. I'm believing free speech for all, for all, even if I don't like it. I listen to things all the time I don't like. It's okay. I can turn it off. I can change the channel. But to silence people, it's not okay. It's not okay to silence people. And um, this is not a political thing. This is just my way of how I've gone with my life. It's just, I want to be free to tell you who I am and own who I am. So I'm an alcoholic. I drink one drink. I drink 47. It's, um, I had no freedom when I was drinking because once I'm in there, I'm in there. And I will then not only will I drink, I will do other things that are not um, things that I am proud of that I want to go and shoot from the rooftops. I had to shoot from, I had to scream from the rooftops that I got sober, that you didn't have to worry about me getting in my car and driving a humongous car around with cocktails in me. You didn't have to worry about me leaving your party and maybe getting in my car and hurting somebody or even getting in an Uber and then going home. And what if my house caught on fire? My kids weren't okay. Like the, all the things that could have happened, they didn't because for better or for worse, I own who I am. I have alcoholism in my family. It came, it was passed down. Um, I know some people that have alcoholism don't have it passed down. I know that that's just for me, that's my story. Whatever your story is, you have to own it. You have to own who you are and be proud of yourself. Alcoholism is, um, it's ironic how many people will say to me, oh my God, you're an alcoholic. That must be so hard that you can't drink. Oh my God, it must be so hard. So many times I've heard that. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. It's so hard. And it's like, would you tell a person that's allergic to peanuts to say, oh my God, that's so hard that you don't eat peanuts? No, but you say that an alcoholic, it must be so hard. What well, is hard? Um, I guess if I wanted it to be hard, it's my decision on how I'm going to look at things. So either I look at it like I'm, it's easy or I'm going to look at it as hard. I've got the brain that's be able to decipher which is good and which is bad. Or some things aren't good or bad, they just are. And so the reality is, is the fact that I can't drink, it might be hard if I'm not in a good frame of mind. If I'm having a bad day and stuff that I expected to go some way, because in my crazy warped head, I think that I have an idea where how the way that something's supposed to be, because I'm like the producer. So if it doesn't come out the way I want it to, then it's bad, right? It's bad. So then that's bad. I wanted it to look this pretty and it didn't look pretty. This person isn't doing what I want them to do. So it's ruined my day. I'm going to let that ruin my day. I don't think so. I get to choose how I'm going to let things, how I'm going to let things affect me. We get to make choices and some people won't like our choices, but that is okay. It's okay to not make everybody happy. It's okay to take care of you. You know, I always thought that being heard that being selfish was horrible. It is horrible in some ways to be selfish, but in other ways, if you don't take care of you, who's going to? If you don't take the time to figure out if you like apples or you like oranges, or maybe you like both, but if you don't take the time to figure it out and you just keep eating oranges, even though you don't like oranges and there's apples sitting right there and you haven't had an apple because you're like, I'm just going to have the orange because everybody else wants me to have the orange. Isn't that hurting you rather than hurting the other person? And I know we think we're going to hurt other people's feelings, but what we would rather not hurt someone else's feelings than take care of ourselves. Is that crazy? Where do we learn that? And then we think 
that there's like this boardroom in the sky that people are looking down and judging us. There's no boardroom, it's just God. So if you don't kill someone and you're nice, and it's easier to be nice to people if you've been taking care of yourself, right? So if you have not been drinking and you know you drink, you get angry, you get mean, you get mad at people, you do things you don't like to do, you, you hurt people, you hurt yourself, you shame yourself, and then you get up the next day and you're in a shitty mood and you go around and you're like, eh, 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 eh. of course you're going to be shitty, right? Because you don't feel good about yourself. Don't you want to feel good about yourself? So if you know that ingesting alcohol always has a pretty bad effect at the end of the day, maybe it's a good idea not to do it. But you say, but everybody else does it. Well, if everybody jumped off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge? Mm. You know that alcohol doesn't work with you. You have to own it. I get Pellegrino. I mix it with the lime or lemon. Every time I go out to eat, can you bring me a Pellegrino in a wine glass with a lemon, please? No one gives it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I go out with people that drink all the time and I don't even care. I'm like, you have that. I know that tomorrow morning I'm going to feel great. I know that I, every time I've done that, I don't feel good. And I want to feel good. We aren't promised anything in this life, right? We're just promised a finite time and we have no idea when that finite time is over. It could be tomorrow. It could be this afternoon. I have no idea. None of us know. But while you're here, why wouldn't you take care of you and own who you are? So what are the things you need to do to make sure, to ensure that you yourself is in a good frame of mind? How do you do that? Hmm. Now, some, I know some people don't like to do 12-step meetings. I get it. Whatever works for you. But whatever that is, figure it out. Whatever the spirituality is, if you've got to go sit on the beach and chant to Allah, if you have to go do whatever you need to do, if you have to go pray to the doorknob, I don't care. Whatever it is that you make bigger than you, the sun rising. And setting if that's going to be your god let it be your god for me it's jesus it's god that's who it is for me i believe in that that works for me i don't need to know if it's real if it isn't real for me i believe it and it works for me i love that it gives me solace i see how god works in other people because the longer i stayed sober i see things that are working out then in the end worked out beneficially for me when we're late for something, we always say, oh my God, I'm going to be late. Do we ever think to ourselves, we're going to be late, but maybe God has me missing an accident. Hmm. Hmm. We never think about that, do we? We just get angry. We just get angry because somebody's going to be let down. Then we're not, they're not going to like us anymore. And I get that. I wanted everybody to like me. The first time I got a piece of hate mail, I was like, oh my God. I mean, freak me out totally. But once I worked through it and then I got my neck, my next one wasn't as bad. And then the next one wasn't as bad there. And um, I haven't gotten any in a, in a long time, thank God. But I, um, you know, for me, I own who I am. I own that I'm an alcoholic. I own that um, I used to drink and get drunk a lot. I loved it. It was so fun until it wasn't fun anymore. And um, I don't know that it takes that much. I mean, people are like, oh my God, you're so courageous. And I love to say the word chutzpah. I, um, I 
I want to like me and be comfortable in me more than I want to be comfortable in anything else. I want to be comfortable in me. So I'm happy when I walk out my house and I can smile at people and be joyful and free. And right now this country is not joyful and free and it's confused and it's unhappy and it bums me out really a lot. But all I can do is know that I'm happy today and um, I'm doing what I can personally to change what's going on. My, that's what I can do myself. And I work on my things myself and I do what I can do that works for me, works for me. My son, Henry said to me six months ago, and I know I mentioned it here. I was like, what do you think about this? And he goes, you do you boo boo. And I was like, I was really offended when he said it to me first. I'm like, you do you boo boo. Screw you. That's so rude. I can't believe you say that to me. But the reality is, it's like, yeah, you do you, boo-boo. And if you need help to do you, you, boo-boo, you call somebody, you ask for help. I don't do things by myself I can't do. I admit, I am not great. Like, if you want me to commit to something before noon, I'm not always good with that. I'm not always good with that because I like to do my things in the morning. I like to get up. I like to have my meditation, which takes about 25 minutes. Then... I like to do a meeting that's from eight to nine. Then I like to like look at my emails. Then I want to walk the dogs and then I take a shower and then I'm good to do what anybody else does. But I have to know that for me. Like, what is it you have to do for you? What makes you do you, boo-boo? Now, the other thing is, I know I want to be in shape. I am not good at figuring out what to eat all the time. So I reached out to a friend of mine who is a nutritionist. I said, will you help me? I've lost nine pounds, by the way. I'm so excited. But anyway, I reached out to her. Can you help me? Yes, she can help me. Then I reached out to a trainer to help me work out. Now I know not all these things we can do because we can't afford all these things, but there's free things that are available to all of us now with this internet thing. It's crazy. You go to YouTube, you can find videos on everything. But you can reach out for help. And if you reach out and you call someone and you tell them your predicament, nine out of 10 times, they're going to help you. And if they can't help you, they'll tell you somebody else that can. Because guess what? As human beings, we love to help each other. It's our one thing. We love to help others. How much better is it when you give a present to somebody and you watch their face than it is to receive a gift? It's so amazing. When you give somebody the present that you're like, I know they're going to love this. It's just amazing. I just love watching someone's expression. There's like, that's a priceless gift to see somebody happy, joyous and free and excited. And you're like, this person got me. It's just amazing. You know, I love to give today. And I can't believe I'm saying that because before I was just a taker. I was a taker. I was a taker of your time, your energy, your everything. And today I don't want to take from you. I want to be happy, joyous, and free. I want to own who I am. I'm Elizabeth. Yes, I'm an alcoholic. Yes, there are some alcoholics that are out there that are not maybe the best people in the world, but you don't have to be like that. You can be whoever you want to be. But how are you going to do that? How are you going to get to that place where you're comfortable going, this is me. I'm going to own who I am. Bumps, lumps, curves, everything. I'm going to own it all. It's okay. It's okay. I never, ever thought I was okay. And now I am okay. And I'm telling you, you're okay. And you don't have to do this by yourself. You don't have to do this by yourself. There's always a meeting I host every morning 
If you want to find out the information, it's on busylivingsober.com under Morning Hope. It has the Zoom number. And you can go and you can go with your um, camera on, off, whatever you want to do. But know a couple things. What other, think of, other people think about you is none of your business. Taking care of you is number one. How do you take care of you? How do you not go to that place like I'm a worthless, you know what, and I'm not worth it. Fall in love with you and do something at least today. Like if the only thing that you do right is not drink one day at a time, you're a winner, okay? If you don't drink one day at a time, especially if you're an alcoholic and you don't drink for one day, that is a huge thing that you are doing for not only yourself, but everybody else. And maybe they aren't going to give you a parade today. And maybe they want to give you a parade tomorrow. But eventually people are going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you. You will have kids that are going to come back to you and be like, oh my gosh, mom. And they're going to talk to you. And it might take some time. Give them the time and take care of you. Go for that walk, read a book, watch a movie, but take care of you. And as Henry Chan says, you do you boo-boo and you love you. Okay. All right. That's all I have for today. I went on a long time, didn't I? Not really a regular half an hour, but remember you will never regret not picking up a drink. You'll never regret not picking up a drink. You'll regret it. You'll, you will regret picking up a drink. You will not regret not picking up a drink. So remember that. And until next time, keep getting busy. Oh, wait, I forgot one thing. I can't sing the song yet. Reach out to me. If you have any questions, you want to talk, you need somebody to vent to, you just want to email me. I don't even have to respond. If you don't mean to respond, it's just like, if you say, I just need to vent and just send me an email of all the stuff you can't see in your life and no one else will ever see it and it will just disappear. If you need to do that, do that to me. You can reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. And that's B-U-S-Y or Elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. Either one. You can always find me at busylivingsober.com. B-U-S-Y livingsober.com. This was episode 258. Oh God. And that's all I have for today. And keep getting busy living. Super, super busy living. Bye everybody. Take care.